there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Another end of Shabbos. Welcome to another beautiful show of Soul to Soul here on High FM 101.9. High FM, what a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to host you all again on another Erev Shabbos this week. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Pashas, Emor, Tov, Shin, Gimel. It's actually Pesach Sheni today. The second chance for those who didn't get an opportunity to bring the Korn Pesach on the first month in Nisan, they get another chance to today. And we have a Shabbos, and then we have, of course, Lag Boimer coming up in the coming year. But let's start with the Pasha, and let's do something unusual. Let's start with the end of the Pasha. At the very end of the Pasha, we have the incident of the Magadev, of the person who blasphemed against Hashem, and we're told by Yanichu Bamishma, they placed him under guard, to clarify for themselves through HaKadosh Baruch Hu what they should do. Now, this whole incident of this so-called Megadeth, the blasphemer, is a very sort of sad blot on the history of our people. It's not as if he not had, as if he had not had wicked, sort of insecure people whose actions against HaKadosh Baruch Hu warranted swift an extreme punishment. He was, however, the first to act so contemptuously. Thus, the punishment to be meted out to him was uncertain. Hashem had to inform Moshe Rabbeinu what form of execution, if any, he should receive. <coughs> he was placed in a sort of holding cell until Hashem clarified his punishment. The Megadev was not the only sinner spending his time in a cell. The Mekoshish Eitzim, who collected sticks on Shabbos, was also there. The Mekoshish was clearly Machal Shabbos, thus warranting the death penalty, although the manner of execution was yet to be determined. One would think that these two sinners would be sharing a cell. Ultimately, these two were the only two individuals to be incarcerated during Klali Yisrael's 40 years in the desert. Today, one cannot choose one's cells. Prisoners are lumped together, regardless whether the transgression is, is serving time for a sort of a misdemeanor, or subject to life without parole, the Torah operates differently. The Torah does not recognize a one-size-fits-all prison cell. Horashlamu explains that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's judgment is very, very precise, to the point that sinners who are executed in unlike manners are not buried in the same cemetery. One whose death is by choking is not buried with one whose death came via stoning. Likewise, a murderer is not buried next to a thief. Their punishment are not the same. Therefore, neither is their burial site. The Mashkiach quotes Harav Itzla Petberger who was warned to say that if two people commit the same sin, but one sort of groaned or felt somewhat remorseful over his actions, his lament is recorded in heaven to his favor. While these two sinners transgressed equally, they are not classified together. The difference between them is like night and, and day. On the other hand, effort plays a defining role in mitzvah performance. Two people may both be learning in the base medish. One is well, the other has a miserable headache. 
despite the pain, however, he wants to learn, he will receive greater rewards. This idea applies universally to every spiritual endeavor. We must learn to apply a, a kind of a fountainhead approach, delving into the origins and backgrounds of people to understand the reasons that no two people are the same. Family, background, acumen, recent crises, all play a role. We no longer need to apply the one-size-fits-all to education. We should allow every student to learn at his own pace. Likewise, when a student acts up, it is prudent to investigate whether any changes in his life might be affecting his attention and his attitudes. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll come back in a moment with much, much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Emar Tough Shin Pei Gemal as we prepare for another amazing, amazing Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Emar. And then coming up this week is of course the very, very special Chag of Lag Ba'imer, the 33rd day of, of the Aimer, which Overall, in our calendar, is one of the most difficult days for us to sort of understand, for us to get our, our mind around. Yes, it is the art site, possibly, of Rav Shemayuchai, although there is actually some controversy about, about that. We have absolutely no concept of how great Rav Shemayuchai was. The Sforam he wrote, the Zoyar, is something completely, completely beyond most of our comprehension. And therefore, the real question is, what what is Lagba Emifas? What are we meant to achieve? What are you meant to work on to make this day something that's going to be really, really worthwhile for us? And obviously, the whole point of it is not just to run around a, a bonfire and and uh, and sing songs, and if you're in Eretz Israel, to sort of spend 36 hours going to Meiron and trying to get there and trying to get back. Obviously, it has to do with our service of Hashem. And there has to be something in it that's going to help us improve our service of Hashem, to work on our means, to work on something that's going to make us uh, uh, closer to Hashem, especially as we now turn the corner. You know, the 33rd day of the Omer begins the final third of this video. We're now sort of heading straight up the runway towards, towards, towards Shavu. So certainly there's got to be something in Lagba Eimer that relates and has something to do and is going to be a help and a preparation and a support for us as we prepare for Chag, for Chag So let's learn a little bit about Lagba Eimer and what we can achieve. What is really the overarching principle for us that we can work on? So in this form it says, that Meishim Rozdov used to tell anyone who had a problem, who needed some kind of Yeshua, some kind of a salvation, that they should come to him on the day of Lag Ba'imer. And he used to say to them, he used to quote a Pesachim, tell him, leave me of sorry. My heart and my soul, Yoranenu El Kelchai, will sing and praise the living HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says, Libi, the word Libi Lamid Beis Yud, as the Rosh Hashanah of Lamid Beis Yoim. In other words, after the 32 days of the Omer, comes the Kayach of Ubesari. What is Ubesari? Vav Beis Sin Reish Yud is the same letters as Rashbi. All the letters of Rashbi are, are there. And then, that is the day that is most appropriate, that especially a mesugal that, that, that set aside for a person to daven and to fulfill Yoraninug El Kelchai, to praise the living HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because then, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is, is very, very receptive to accepting Art Phyllis on that, on that day. 
And we need really to understand what is the speciality of, of this day and why is it a day that's so appropriate for our Kodesh to listen and accept and act on our, our Tfilis. There's a second question we can ask. The, it's brought in, in the, uh, in this forum and in fact the, uh, of Aroma Levi also brings it down that in a particular year, so he also went on, uh, to, on, uh, on, uh, Baimer, he went to Meron and he had a certain custom to say every single day, um, in, in, in the, uh, in the brach of, of Yushlai Mircha, he had a custom that every day he would say the paragraph of Nachem Hashem Lokeinu Es We, we only say it, of course, once a year. We say it on, on Tishabov by, by, uh, by Mincha. But he had the custom to say it every single day. And when he was there in, in, in Meron, he again he said this paragraph of Nachem. And after he finished his Shmanesha, so the, the Ari Kodesh said to him that the Ari saw while he was awake at Rav Shimon ben Chai, was standing by his kever, and he said to him, tell that person, this Avraham Alevi, that why is he saying Nachem? Why is he saying this prayer on the day of our of our great joy? Right, and and uh, therefore uh, uh, he's not going to. He said something not so nice. He said he's going to his family is going to be need to be comforted in 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 a in, in not a long not a long time, and it was less. Then, uh, then a month that, uh, that unfortunately one of his children, uh, died and he had to receive, uh, uh, comfort from friends and, and, uh, and family. In fact, uh, they say, in, in the Sefer, our good is there to show, they tell a story in the name of Yosef Sefer that who made Aliyah went to Eretz Yisrael in the year Tuf Kuf Chaf Hey, which is nearly 260 uh, years ago that he, he made Aliyah and, and came to, to, uh, to Eretz Yisrael. Uh, and, uh, he tells a story, uh, about a particular wealthy person from the city of Izmir that he once came to, to Davin and, and bow down by the, by the grave of, of Rav Shem Ben Yochai on Lagboimer together with his only son. And since he saw that everyone was rejoicing, everyone was dancing over there, so he had a, he had a, he couldn't understand why are people being so, so happy? What, 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 what's the point? It's a yard sign. Shaman Chai isn't with us. Why is everyone so happy? And he started to scream and he started to cry and he said, Rabbi Shimon Yachai says that Rabbi Shimon Yachai died on that day. And we should be crying a tremendous, uh, a, a tremendous degree of crying on this day. And, and, and he shouted at them, and he, and he was upset at them. Why are they so happy? Why are they so jo- so rejoicing on this on this day? And of course, that's put a damper on, on the whole on the whole simcha. And the story brings that the next day, the the son, the only son, uh, fell very 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 ill, and and uh, unfortunately he passed away. And that night, Rashbi came to him in a dream and said to him, because you stopped the simcha of, of Lagba'imer, therefore I'm going to take away your, your simcha. 
Now this story tends to sort of just to, to flush out the tremendous, tremendous greatness of Rav Shimon Yechai and, and the, and the, uh, aspect of the Kedusha of, of the day of, of Lagbaimer. Right? That particular Talmud, right, who used to say Nachem every single day because he was so distraught about the Churban of, of Yushalayim. And, and it, it seems that even let's say on, on Purim, or in Chalmoyed, he, he also used to, used to say it. And none, he didn't get punished because of that. It was only on Lag Baimer, the day of the Simcha of Rav Shimon Yechai, there he should not have said a, 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 a Nachim. And we need really to understand what's going on. Why is this so? Why was it so terrible <coughs> that, that he cried? What is in fact the great Simcha? Of Lagba Imer. And in fact, well, if one thinks about it, it's, it's a yard site. Today, our Shuman Yechadai, normally in our tradition, a, a yard site is a day where we uh, take stock of ourselves and many people fast. So what is really the import of Lagba Imer? We'll be back in a moment and we're going to discuss this and hopefully get to some kind of a clarity. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Emma, and we are trying to come to grips, trying to get our heads a little bit around the holiday of of Lagbaim, and we ask, what's so great about it? In fact, it's a yard sign, it's a day of, of introspection, it's a day of, of kind of, uh, of sadness. What what is it about what is the great simcha and, and why why were why was it taken so amiss as we discussed in the last segment when certain people didn't celebrate sufficiently on on this day? So it's brought in the works of uh, Rabbi Nachum Figo in his Sefer Asarma Morris, where he says <coughs> that the Beis Hamikdash itself was never actually destroyed. But it just went up to the highest places in Shemayim and was hidden over there. And that which appears to our eyes to have been a destruction, to have been a, a churban, that was, yes, that was on the physical structure, on the stones, on on on, on, the, on the bricks that... That, uh, that, you know, that created the image, that created almost like a, 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 a Maris Ayan to, to make it appear as if there was a destruction taking place. In fact, he says, based on a Zoya and Pashas, Pekude, that Yushalayim was hidden away and was never controlled by the enemies. And if that's true of the walls of the city, so certainly it's true of the Beis Hamikdash itself, because all the holy stones were removed through a miracle, right, in a place where where no human hands can can touch them, and the the whole bias rose up to Shemayim, and even the keys of the Beis Hamikdash, right, which. Uh, as we saw in the, in the Gemara, a hand came down and brought them down, took them away from the from the Kainim. And many, 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 HaKadosh Baruch has many, many agents that, that was able to bring about what HaKadosh Baruch wanted, and they brought all the stones from the, the burning, and it's all hidden away. And, and saved and beyond the access of any of the Rishayim of this world. <clears throat> now you're going to ask, that is anyone able, does anyone have the schus to see and to recognize that the Beis HaMikdash was not destroyed? So perhaps we can explain it. There's a Gemara in, in Saita. The family base, we learned it a few weeks ago. It says, Amrab Yeshua ben Levi. 
says Rabbi Shulman Levi, Boyure, come and see, Kama Gedoyelim Nemuche Aruach of Nyakadosh Baruch How great are those who are lowly of spirit, those who are contrite, those who are humble. Before Hakadosh Baruch Hu, why? Kayam. At the time when the Beis Hamikdash was standing, Adam Makriv Oila. If a person would bring a Oila sacrifice, an Oila sacrifice was one that was completely burnt on the altar, and the owner and the owners got nothing to eat from it. So Schar Oila he would get the rewards for having brought a carbon Oila Mincha. If he brought a, a meal offering, a flower offering, he would get the rewards for bringing a common mincha. But if someone walks around and is modest and contrite and sort of doesn't make a big deal of himself, the apostle considers it as if he brought all of the various kabbalas you could possibly bring. As the Pasuk says, Ziv you want to know what the real sacrifice to Hashem is? Ruach Nishpara, a, a, a broken, humble spirit. And not only that, a person who prays to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the spirit of real humility, his tefillah will never be rejected by, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Pasuk says, Lev Nishpa Venidke, person who has a broken, contrite heart, Elekim Loi Sivze. Kodesh never ignores such a, such a tefillah. So we see that someone who is able to master, to be able to approach and work on this midah of modesty is considered so important, so choshev in, in, in Shemayim, as if he brought all the various kabbalas you could possibly bring. And, and maybe we could, we can say that such a person merits to see that the base for him, such a person who reached such a level of modesty and is, is considered as if he brought all the kabbalas, for him the base of was not at all destroyed. And everything is again, it's, it's, if to our sort of physical eyes, it looks like there's no base of Mikdash, but for the person that has this meat of Anova, it's all there. And therefore, he sees how he's, how he's meriting through his Anova to be able to bring all the various Kabbalists. And what as this forum say, that Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, he merited also to this tremendous, tremendous attribute because of his own modesty. As we find, the Gemara Yushalmi says in Meseches Sanhedrin, Perikalif Allah that at the time when Rabbi Akiva gave smicha to Rav Meir and Rav Shimon, so he ordered that the mayor should sit down first. And when, when, uh, you saw how upset Rav Shimon was, that the mayor went, went ahead of him, Rabbi Akiva said to him, it's enough that I and your creator recognize, recognize you. Okay? Let Rav Meir go first. In other words, in other words, we're saying, Rabbi Akiva preferred to seat Rav Meir first because the general populace, the whole sort of community of students, they all recognized the greatness of Rav Meir. However, the greatness of Rav Shimon ben Yochai wasn't so well known to them. Only Rabbi Akiva and HaKadosh Baruch himself, they were the ones who knew the true greatness of Rav Shimon Yochai. And all the other Talmudim didn't understand even that he was such a great person that would need to sit at the head of the table. They thought Rameer was the greatest of the students. And it would seem that, you know, the Gemara says about Rameer, the Gemara in, in Erevin, Dafshir Gimel, it says, Golu yodua lafnimi sha'ama 
It's well known in front of HaKadosh Baruch the one who brought this world into existence. There's no one as great as a mayor in his, in his generation. How come the general principle is that we don't paskin like a mayor? Whenever there's an argument between a mayor and one of his colleagues, we usually paskin like the colleagues, usually not like a mayor. Why? If he was so great, how come we don't paskin Allah like him? Says, no one could plumb the depths of his thought. No one could fully understand and comprehend his, his arguments, his opinions. Because he, he could, he could say about something that everyone else, uh, would, uh, claimed was impure. He could argue that it should become pure. And, and he could, he could prove it. Right? You could prove that something that really was Tommy was tall, and something that was really tall was Tommy, and, and yet, and yet, I already had clear proofs of it. So we see that John Mayer, because he was so great, he was so far above everyone else, no one else could fully and, and properly understand his mind. Nevertheless, but still, the people, at least to a small extent, recognized his his greatness. However, by Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, even the very very small minority, uh, 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 no one understood how great Rabbi Shimon was. In fact, no, no one recognized his his true his true his true brilliance. In fact, we find a similar idea in Meseches Bar Metziah Daf Peidal Ramadbeis, where Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. Right, he became very, he became very weak and very, very sort of uh, uh, upset when he had a discussion with Rabbi Lozer, the son of Rabbi Shimon, uh, the son of Rabbi Chai, and he went and and he told his father, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, he said, and he and he responded and told him, my son, don't be upset, because uh, Rabbi Shimon Chai is the Lion, the son of a lion, and you are only a lion, the son of, of a fox. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, he didn't recognize the greatness of Rav Shimon Yochai, and it was only his father revealed to him who Rav Shimon Yochai truly, truly was. And so it is, in fact, in the in the Zayra Kaddish, brought that one time. Rabbi Shimon Chai heard a, a sound, a voice in a cave which was saying, says, Shimon, Shimon. So he said, Oi, certainly this must be the Shkinah Kedoshah. That's calling, that's callingly. Right? And, and <laughs> try to understand uh, <coughs> this, this statement that, uh, 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 you know, um, no one, no one else called him just Shimon, everyone called him Rabbi Shimon. So if it's just Shimon, it must be, it must be the Shekhinah. So in, in the Sefer, Chem uh, de Genuza, so he explains, based on what Rav Shimon Meosrolov said, that the, the world used to call Harav uh, Rabbi Shimon, right? But in my city, they call me just Rabbi Shimon. And my Rebbitzin just calls me Shimon. Why? Because she knows me better than anyone else. And she knows very, very well that I'm not really worthy of being called just Shimon. I'm not so great. I'm not a Rabbi Goyin, a Muflug. I'm not Rab. I'm just me. I'm just Shimon. Right? And that's what we can say also in this discussion between Abiyur and Nasi. That Rav Shimon Meyachai, right? He said he had such complete anava, such complete modesty, that there was no one in the world that recognizes him more than Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And everyone else thought him to be the great Rabbi Shimon, and therefore, when he heard a voice saying Shimon, Shimon, he said, "For sure, it can only be the Shkina, because only the Shkina knows how sort of." 
average and run the mill and not so not so unique I actually am. And the Klaus Megarebbe says in his Sefer Shefa Chaim, he says that the reason why this is said about Yashum and Yechai, it says, Nase Adam Nema When it's when Hashem said, Let us make man, he was referring to Yashum and Yechai. And it's, that seems strange. What do you mean? Was he the only tzaddik in the world? There were many, many other tzaddikim in, in, in the world that for them, it was certainly worth creating, creating the world. But he says, no, when it says, Nase Adam, let us make man. So Chazal explained, Rashi actually brings it over there to teach us the modesty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, That before HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man, he consulted with all the other malachim. And, and certainly that, uh, you know, the, the, we're talking about the absolute and, and, and complete tzaddikim. So there was no reason to, to, uh, uh, regret and to consider not to create the world. And all the malachim, the, all the malachim and shemaim, they all agreed that for their sake, the world is, is worthy of being created. But about Rav Shimon, where they never really capped how great he was, because he hid himself so completely, even from the Malachim. So there, there was a whole discussion, should he be created or not, because none of them really understood who Rav Shimon actually was. So based on this, we can say that Rav Shimon because of his tremendous, tremendous modesty, that he managed to hide his greatness from everyone, and no one knew his true greatness, not even the angels, I didn't know him. So he merits to to attain and to recognize that in fact the Basemikdash actually was never was never destroyed. And therefore, Rav Shimon Chai is called Kodesh Kodesh, the Holy of Holies. And in fact, the the uh, uh, Rav Yosef Asarpon brings down in his Sefer Avas Hashem that Rav Shimon is referred to as Kodesh Kodashim. And in fact, it, it's hinted to the word Kodesh Kodashim. If you take the Gematria of Kodashim, who so it has the same gematria as the word Shimon, which is 4666. And also, Kodesh Kodashim also is the same, is the same thing. And therefore we can say, that Rav Shimon ben Yechai attained this level that because of his greatness and his modesty, the Beis was not destroyed. And that's why he's called Kodesh Kodashim. And this is really the, the incredible Attributes, the incredible ability we have on Lagba to attain this real Mida of what they call Bittal, of self-negation and modesty. As in fact it says in, in Magdavar of the Yankov, <coughs> it says there that the whole Indian of Lagba is that then there's a special, it's, it's the, it's the Hoid Sheba Hoid. It's day five of week, of week five. Hoid Sheba Hoid. And, uh, in, in this farm, it brings down that the, the, the Neshama and, and the, and, and the Pneumius, the inside of Hoid, and the way to fix up the meat of Hoid is to know and to, to, uh, 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 bring up and to raise up all the honor for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. And when we bring up honor for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by definition, we then lower ourselves because if we're something, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu can never be that great. We have to completely uh, kind of uh, cancel out and immunize ourselves. And that makes HaKadosh Baruch Hu even, even greater. As the Pesach says in Tilim, Right? The greatness, the splendor is, is before him. All the worlds, that all the hoi that exists in the whole world 
It's not ours. It all belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, above this world. Because the beauty and the height all comes from Hashem. And therefore, what are we being arrogant about? What do we have to feel so good about? What do we have to lord over somebody else? Because everything, in fact, comes from, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, Lag Ba'emer arouses this great light of Hashem Menuchai, and every single Jew on Lag Ba'emer can reach a level of complete self-negation, complete pickle and subjugation before HaKadosh Baruch until he gets to the point where he's able to feel and he's able to see that it's true. The Besamekdash still exists. The Kedusha of the Besamekdash is still there. And we don't need to say Nachim anymore on, on this day. And that's the Yisayid of, of the Simcha of, of, of Lagbaima. And for this reason, this day is very, very special for Atfilis to be accepted. Because on this day, a person again can be zeicher to completely uh, um, negating himself and 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 filling himself with 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 modesty, right? Just like Rav Shimon ben Yochai, in fact, in fact, did. And it's brought the Gemara inside that brings down. Oma Chizka Chizka says, "Ain't filosay shalodom nishmas." The the thrill of a person will never be heard. Ela imkain mesim libay kabasa. Unless he makes himself soft and not hard like a, like a, like a stone. He's sort of pliable and soft. Then his fillers get hurt. As it says in, in Yeshaya, every Shabbos, everyone comes to bow, to bow down. And Rashi means, what does it mean to bow down? To daven. Right? Those that are bossa, those that are flesh, are gonna come and daven because they will be listened before Akadish. They will be listening before Akadish Brahu. But those who are arrogant, they won't come. And therefore they fill us. And whatever their desires will never be accepted. However, on on Lagbaima, anyone who comes can have in fact, their thrillers accepted and answered on this very, very holy day. What an amazing opportunity. What a way to work on ourselves, to develop ourselves, become close to our Baruch Hu, and to guarantee that our thrillers can be answered. This is going on for nine and the program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Hilchos Shabbos segment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 21.9 Chai FM, it's the Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Emwa, Tov, Shin, Pei, Gimel, in the, day, in the week that is also, today is Pesach, Shani, if you haven't yet had a little bit of matzah, there's a minute to have some matzah on Pesach, Shani, and of course we're going into a beautiful Shabbos, and then, like Boimer, during the course of the coming week, Monday night and Tuesday, looking forward to that, of course we all are, so let's, before we go any further, let's do as we always do at this point and talk about the important times and any details you need to know about this coming Shabbos. So this afternoon, the earliest time for Ben Shinglich, for lighting your candles, is at 4.26. 4.26 is Plaga Mincha. That's the earliest time you can consider it Shabbos. And that's not, again, that's not far away at all. It's maybe an hour and a half away from now. And it's easy. Just get everything organized, get all the food on the hot tray, work out a system, depending on when your load shedding is, whether you have two hours or four hours or whatever, whatever it is, we're becoming quite creative in, in having to deal with these, these kind of uh, situations. Uh, so 426, you can get it up and get the house ready and get yourself ready and, and uh, welcome in the Shabbos Malka, so the Shabbos Queen already at that at that time, if you're not up to that, if you can't manage to get ready that early on Erev Shabbos, well, the latest time for Ben Shenglicht this afternoon is at 5.17. 5.17 is the latest time for putting on your candles and starting starting Shabbos. And as I always say, we have to consider that. The absolute deadline, make sure everything is ready by that by that time. Do not rely 
on the time after candlelighting, between candlelighting and shkia, unless it's an absolute emergency and you really have no no choice. We we regard 517 as the deadline for when Shabbos starts. Sunset is at 535, 25 to 6 is is, uh, is sunset. And uh, it keeps getting, getting early. We're almost, almost at the, the earliest time, another 10 minutes or so. And we're at our shortest days of the of, of the year. So 5.35 is, is sunsets. That's sort of a deadline for even uh, injury time, even for emergency situation. If you therefore want to make sure that you saying Krishna, saying the Omer, when it's properly, properly night, so all you have to do is wait till 5.53, 5.53 is ready, proper night, you can, you can count the Omer, and uh, then sit down, and really it's a nice early Shabbos, time to sit down a long Friday night, sit with the family, have a good meal, have some good conversation, and then afterwards open a book, open a safer, learn something, be inspired, it's too early to go to bed right after the meal. So uh, use the time wisely, use the time uh, in, in, a, in a sort of a, a, a prudential manner that you can that you can uh, get something out of the, the, the time before. Yeah, go to bed and have a good good slough. Also, nothing wrong with that on, on Shabbos. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh. Pashas Emar. Pashas Emar talks a lot about the laws of the Kayanim and the service that they do, and the animals that they bring. And then we have a large section, not all the Yom Toivim of the of the whole year. And then towards the end of the Pasha, there's a various uh, potpourri of various halachas and, and laws, and, and a couple of stories of things that happened at that uh, at that time. The Haftarah is a Haftarah that's unique, of course, for Pasha's Emar. It has to do also, from the book of Yecheskel, with the laws of of the Kayanim, and uh, yeah, Shabbos then carries carries on. The Pirkei chapter assigned for this Shabbos is the fourth chapter, chapter Dalit, and uh, lots to learn there, lots to be inspired by. Sit down on the Sefer and again, go through the Perik properly and really try to get to grips with some of the amazing lessons and, and, and teachings and, and uh, directives that the Tanoim and Pirkei uh, give us Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at six oh seven seven minutes past six. Again, we're just about ten minutes away from our earliest uh, uh, Shabbos, and then uh, yeah, we go into a week. As I say, we're getting getting ready for 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 Lag Boimer. Those who end the Svira at Lag Boimer, so then you're getting ready to have your whatever your haircuts or. Put the music back, back on. But, but the, the sphere is, is a, it's a time for reflection, a time for growth, a time for, as we said before, working on ourselves and preparing ourselves for Kabbalah's, Kabbalah's Hashams. We are talking about, we're in the laws of Bishel. We're talking about leaving food, uh, on, a, on a cooking source from before Shabbos. So we're talking that uh, particularly someone wants to leave before Shabbos, uh, food in an electric oven. And we're talking about food that isn't yet properly cooked. So again, he has to do something that's going to remind him that today is Shabbos, that he shouldn't come to raise the temperature of, of the, of the oven. So there's several possibilities. One would be that you take again a a piece of a metal a sheet of a metal or or a silver foil, thick piece of silver foil, in order to add a another layer, a layer of separation between the heating elements and the pots that you that you're trying to keep warm. Because again, once you're doing something that actually uh, slightly weakens the heat of the of the fire which which the fire that the uh, that the uh, pot is going to be exposed to so that already will remind him that today is Shabbos and he won't come to raise the the heat of the of of the oven a second possibility is again to cover the dials cover all the the switches and again through that uh, he if he'd want to uh, raise the, the heat, he realizes they're covered, and, and that should be, put the brakes 
on any desire he uh, he has. There is an additional problem, of course, when it comes to oven, that if you have an oven that works with a, a thermostat, so some say you have a problem that you're not allowed to open the door of, of the oven because we're, we're worried that opening the door obviously lets in the, uh, the, uh, the cold air and causes then the heating elements to, uh, to go on. Now, in, uh, in order uh, to be able to set that, that uh, using the, the oven should be permissible according to all of the halachic authorities. So in the, in the many of the new ovens, they have a special button that's just for Shabbos that causes the oven to work on a much, much lower temperature, but a fixed and set temperature in such a way that opening the door of the oven is not going to have any influence at all on, on, the, on, the, on the activities of, of the oven. Now, one is allowed to use a, a urn, any kind of electric heating device for water, but again, one should try to be uh, careful that the water boils already before Shabbos, and it's it's correct to use a a a heating device that actually doesn't work with a a thermostat, right? because again, when it works with a uh, a thermostat, so it, then you have to take out the the water when the element is actually on, because then it's not causing the element to 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 go on. It would be also to use any kind of uh, electric heating device that at a time when you take water, let's say the hot water, out of it, so if, if new water, if cold water, is going to enter the heating device, that's absolutely forbidden, because obviously that water which comes in cold is then going to be cooked and heated, and that's an obvious prohibition of, of the laws of, of Shabbos at that, at that point. By strict halachic standards, you'd be allowed to put into an oven before Shabbos a, a food that's completely raw and to set your Shabbos timer that it should put the oven on, let's say an hour before the meal, in order that just before the meal, the food would get, uh, would get cooked. Obviously on condition that you cover all the switches and dials that you shouldn't be tempted to turn the heat. And You'd be allowed to put into a, uh, let's say, uh, you could, uh, if you have a, uh, what do you call it, a bread maker. I could put the flour and the water and all the other ingredients in. And again, set the machine that it should begin to uh, knead and bake the flour on Shabbos, on Shabbos morning. In order that you should <clears throat> finish the baking just before the meal. Again, on the condition that you cover all the controls. However, even though some allow that, practically speaking, there are many that say that that is forbidden, absolutely forbidden, because Chazal made a a decree, because then you might come to, if you can do that, you might actually come to a proper cooking on, on Shabbos, an hour Custom is that we don't we don't do. We'll be back with some closing comments in a moment. This is one one point nine. Chai again. The program is soul to soul, and this is the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine Chai FM. One one banan chive and this is sold to slow back on your radio air Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Emar Tav Shin Pei Gimel as we prepare for another beautiful Shabbos and look forward during the week to Lagma Emer. We're talking about the laws of cooking and we've just learnt the laws of leaving food on a stove from before Shabbos. So let's go a little bit further and talk about leaving food on Shabbos in a place where it's can get warm. Now we've already learned previously the principle is that uh, cooking any kind of food is forbidden on Shabbos. 
But heating of certain kind of foods is permitted because the food, since it's already properly cooked, fully cooked from before Shabbos, so then there's no longer a, a prohibition to warm it up. Because we have a rule of ein bishul acha bishul. Once something is properly cooked, you can't cook it again. Therefore, I could take on Shabbos out of my fridge cold food, which is completely, completely cooked. Let's say I could take some cold schnitzel or a kugel or a borakis, and I can heat them. Right? So for solid things, I can heat them. Again, I cannot put them directly on a heat source, can I put them on my hot tray? I have to, the way the prevalent post can say, it has to be placed on top of something that has food in it, not just a overturned baking tray, but over a pot that actually has food uh, in it. Right, so I can take these things out and put them on on that to, to warm them up. As far as liquid foods are concerned, there we have a big discussion. Uh, however, when you are trying to warm up uh, things that have been cooked, so Chazal forbade us to do this in a way that looks like you're, you're cooking. Because if, if you do something that looks like cooking, so then people might think that that will forget about the Shabbos and they'll come to actually come and and cook on, on Shabbos. Therefore, one is not allowed to heat up on Shabbos a, a food that has been cooked on an open fire because that looks like it is, it is the Derech Bishel. We need to talk about this more. Please go on. We will do that in the coming uh, a week. But in the meantime... Our time for being together is unfortunately over. As we say, Shabbos is coming very, very soon. There's still a lot of last-minute things to do. So I'm going to bid you a Shabbos Shalom. I'm going to wish you all a beautiful Shabbos of Menucha and Simcha, of happiness, of, of rest, of togetherness, of beautiful family time, of Chizuk. Get some, get some nice moral lessons out of our Pasha. Become a stronger and better Jew because of this, this Shabbos. And just getting just a thank all of you, for joining us, for being part of our radio family, for making the time every Friday to come and listen, hopefully learn something, hopefully be inspired, hopefully use it as a way of improving your own Judaism. And we end by wishing every single member of our radio family a beautiful, warm, and inspired good Shabbos.